Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour here on Trending. I hope everyone had a superb Independence Day. We enjoyed our first, well, we had a Midwestern Fourth of July last year, fireworks were incredible. I think people were making up for all of the lost time with COVID. They really put on a display. But this year we did our own fireworks. Now, being a Southern California girl, and I guess playing by the rules, we've never had this level of fireworks. Uh, and it was pretty incredible to see just having fireworks in your own backyard, especially coming from fire territory in California. I kept looking around thinking, is this safe? But it was very exciting. We had a nice downtime with the family. Okay, I have to share a moment of gratitude. But before I do, it's our weekly gentleman's hour today on trending. And I mentioned last week, there's been a significant increase in the number of men seeking out vasectomies, you know, snip, snip, cut off taking care of business so-called well reports are showing since last week a 900 percent increase in vasectomies so we're going to talk about the urologist's dirty little secret when it comes to vasectomies what you need to know and also understanding the catholic perspective on so-called family planning and vasectomies but it also brings to mind a greater question why is being a father a good thing to begin with And how do we convince and foster in young men today the desire to be dads? I'd love to hear from you, actually. Men, especially, you know, maybe you're on the fence and don't really want to have kids. Or maybe at some point you didn't want to have kids, gentlemen. What changed your mind about having children? You can share on social media or give me a call. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. I would love to hear from you. Tons of responses have been flooding in all day, especially on Instagram. So I'll be eager to share some of those with you and hear from you. Gentlemen, why didn't you want kids at some point? Why don't you want kids now? And if you changed your mind about having children, what changed your mind? Okay, before we get to vasectomies, because I know that's really what you want to talk about today, we're going to talk about Really, I'm so grateful. We had a very scary experience today, and it was a reminder, a true miracle moment, an absolute reminder of God's safety and protection work in your lives. You hear incredible stories. I remember growing up, dear friends of ours, we grew up in the mountains, and it's a very long and arduous drive down the mountains, uh, very windy. And I remember friends of ours. Uh, The mother fell asleep, the sister fell asleep, and the other sister all fell asleep in the car. And there's this incredible story about their guardian angels and making it safely down the hill and being totally safe in the midst of all of them falling asleep in the car. 
Okay, I've heard these incredible stories, but I have a total miracle moment story of my own today. So my husband shows up back from work at 45 minutes after he left, doors opening, I'm hearing jiggling doors. I thought someone was breaking in at first, of course, being a scaredy cat here. And he shows up back home and he hit a deer with one of our smaller cars. The deer just popped out of nowhere by the grace of God, a road that most people are usually, let's be honest, driving about 75 miles per hour on with a 65 mile per hour speed limit. My husband just happened to be driving 40 miles per hour. Why? We could say, I don't know, totally by the grace of God. This deer jumps out in front of him. All he could do was break. Thank God no one was behind him. It has a huge rack of antlers absolutely nails it still with the car and the glass itself the windshield didn't completely break but it in it has this huge indent and really shattered in on itself there is glass everywhere in the car the passenger side the center console but where my husband was was completely fine he didn't get hit with any glass by the grace of god i mean that was a total guardian angel moment normally would drive 75 on this on this road was driving 40. The glass shatters. He, I mean, it doesn't even hit him. I was so, so grateful. Didn't bunk his head, nothing. And it was one of those moments where I was saying, thank God. It's a reminder to be grateful for what you have, a reminder of truly divine intervention, angelic intervention, intervention of our saints, especially those whom we have entrusted our lives to. I've been thanking Mother Mary, St. Joseph, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ, our guardian angels all day. But I was so proud of my husband because, of course, he's a regular, uh, goes to confession regularly. But he said, oh, yeah, I went to confession on my way home from work today. It's always a good reminder. We shouldn't necessarily have to have a life-changing or life-threatening event that takes us to, to confession. We should be prepared to go any day, whether it be to heaven or also to go to confession when we need to. Not necessarily always waiting to have committed a mortal sin. You don't have to commit a mortal sin to go to confession. It's great to go to confession even if you've only committed a venial sin. You're listening to Trending with Tim Murray here on Relevant Radio. That's my miracle moment for today. Okay, so there's been a 900% increase in vasectomies. Fascinating. Urologists nationwide are reporting this as pretty much an immediate response to Roe v. Wade. Men going and signing up to get snipped, in other words. I remember the first time I actually heard women regularly talking about their husbands obtaining vasectomies, and I was absolutely horrified. I was horrified. I remember I was teaching a Pilates class and one woman just says, oh yeah, my husband got snipped today. And then a couple other ladies say, oh yeah, mine too, a couple years ago or this and that. And I'm sitting here thinking, how humiliating for these women to be talking about this, about their husbands in this way. So that was my first reaction. But then second, I really was kind of thinking, you know, do men just talk about women, you know, going on birth control and talking about it so blasely as if it's not a big deal at all? Well, at that time, this was probably about eight or nine years ago, I started looking into vasectomies because I was curious uh, from two perspectives. One, of course, understanding that the Catholic Church has a big no to vasectomies. It's in opposition to the gift of life and being open to life, but it's also in opposition to the union we're called to as spouses in intimacy. There's a union that can't occur as God created it to actually occur. And 
So as I was following kind of some of the interesting stories, I've shared before that I have various autoimmune uh, diseases and food allergies. Well, I started coming across all of this research on vasectomies and it, it truly is the dirty little secret of the urologist community. I want to share with you a little bit of what I found out. It is absolutely fascinating to me. And by the way, we're going to talk a little bit later about the gift of being a dad. Why is being father a good thing? And what can we do to foster the idea and desire for fatherhood in men, young and middle-aged today, who have maybe been turned off to it? The number is 1-888-914-9149. In fact, Joseph from Lodi, California is calling now to share about why he wasn't open to children. I want to hear, did you want kids at some point? What changed your mind about having children? Joseph, please share. Thank you, Timory, for what you do. Um, first of all, I, was, I, I wanted children, so I want to set that straight. Uh, we were married in the Catholic Church. We were open to children. Um, but I had an inner selfishness to uh, have a year with my wife without, or, you know, just have intimacy with her. Um, but after six months of, of, of our marriage, she she became pregnant, and, and I kind of was sort of disheartened by it a, a little bit. And she, um, I remember when she came over and told me she was all excited, and, and, I, and I did not, you know, put, I, I tried to be excited, too, um, but 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 the but the life changer was and and it was I am very pro life uh, Timory my my family's been pro life my mother pro life staunch and I was raising that and I and I even did sidewalk or you know praying at the abortion uh, facilities and, and and in that um, I saw I was very open to life we, we didn't contracept or anything like that uh, uh, but um, but you still didn't want children right <laughs> it, yeah well I was apprehensive I mean I wanted children. But I didn't know what it was like till I saw one born, and that was the life changer for me. It, w- it was such a miracle, miraculous feeling. That's, and I share that with young guys or young couples, uh, and in there because because to um, you know encourage them because because uh, until you until you uh, experience it, uh, it, it doesn't make it, it's it's very it's kind of more self centered. But once once you experience, or at least I did. I, I, it melted me. My life hasn't been the same since, and, and being more, you know, even more uh, loving of of that of that gift that God gives us to procreate. It's it's an absolute gift to me, as you well know, and it it, it it's it's indescribable to be hey, able. Scott, to how many children life. do you have, Joseph? We have six, Kimberly. Uh, Talk about a flip. You know, six. it's so interesting that you share this, Joseph, because I think there are a lot of people who are very pro-life would object to abortion, but aren't interested or maybe aren't open to having children or absolutely terrified. I don't like children that much. I still wanted children, but I really don't like kids. I think most kids are pretty bratty in my opinion, just in the culture we're living in. And sometimes that maternal instinct with other people's children can be pretty hard for me. Uh, And I think that what you said with, you know, kind of some of that selfishness of saying, you know, I don't want kids or at least want a year or two years or three years just with me and my wife and not having children yet. It's common. But like you said, you have children. You have your first child. You might be shocked. You might be nervous. Uh, you might be calculating the numbers. Gentlemen, let's be real. It's very normal and common. 
but it changes your life. So I really appreciate that testimony, Joseph. Numbers one, 888-914-9149. Gentlemen, did you at some point not want children and change your mind about having kids? I would love to hear. Do tell either give me a call or on social media now you can share. This is relevant because there's been a 900% increase in the number of vasectomies occurring since Roe v. Wade. Now, what's interesting is in the urology, community, normally there are far more requests for vasectomy reversals than actual vasectomies. Now, this is listed in a lot of the news that's come out over the last couple of weeks since Roe v. Wade, uh, but it's also a known fact in the urologist community because there's a dirty little secret, and that is the medical fallout of how negatively vasectomies impact many women, many women, sorry, I mean many men. In fact, I see statistics, they vary, but there's a, a really showing about 33%, so about one in three men who go through a vasectomy have very serious health consequences and pain that last a very long time, and if not, until they outright go forward with having a vasectomy reversal. Now, they're not always successful. They are possible. Now, there are two reasons why many people change their mind about vasectomies and do the reversal. One is a medical fallout that really impacts at least one in three men. Second is many men later on change their minds about wanting to have children. In fact, an acquaintance of mine some years ago shared his story about how he and his wife had decided they didn't want to have any more children. Well, lo and behold, years later, he has his come to Jesus moment, this massive conversion back to the faith of his childhood. And he realizes the Catholic Church's call to be open to new life is a good thing. In fact, the way he and his wife had been not open to life by the vasectomy and the fact that they were not engaging in proper marital union because of the union of the spouses and the pleasure that occurs is totally different. In fact, we'll get into some of that, but many men struggle with everything from ED to experiencing pleasure and intimacy when they go through with a vasectomy. And that's not the way God created it to be. He didn't mean for it to be a struggle, but when we try to change how God created the body to function, this is the fallout we're experiencing. In fact, you can check out the International Center for Vasectomy Reversal. They have a ton of information. Their website is dadsagain.com. Now, you don't just have to be a man desiring to be a dad again, but even just someone wanting to learn more about the aftermath and impact of vasectomies. But here are some interesting things. I'll post links in the podcast notes for today's show to some of these resources if you want to dig a little further further. Now, medical doctor Sheldon Marks uh, wrote a great piece for the International Center for Vasectomy Reversal. Talks about how vasectomy reversals cost anywhere from $800 to over $80,000. The usual vasectomy reversal cost is about $8,700. That's actually what their uh, international organization charges for vasectomies, and they have a 99.5% success rate. Now, this is important because a lot of people will seek out vasectomies, but you kind of pay for what you get. And so it's important that if this is something that maybe you or someone you know has been through to really do your medical homework and to have proper medical care done. Now, 
as I was doing research a couple years ago on vasectomies, I came across various online chat rooms, places such as Reddit, where people were coming out sharing their experiences about vasectomies in a place that I think many men otherwise might feel a little uncomfortable sharing, but here finally found a place. Now, it's been interesting because some of these articles on Reddit have been booming over the last couple weeks. In fact, many men, who young men in particular, who were going in thinking about having a vasectomy whose minds completely changed after reading this Reddit stream. In fact, we'll post a link to the Reddit stream on social media because you need to read this about much of the fallout and pain that so many people experienced. At the end of the day, even after a couple, three surgeries later, what many of these men find is the best thing to do is go forward with a vasectomy reversal going back to the way God intended the body to function. Well, why is there such a fallout from vasectomies? Well, let's be clear. Just like there's an aftermath for women who take hormonal birth control and we alter, chemically alter our bodies, the same thing is happening for men. I think the bottom line question is what happens to the sperm? The body still produces sperm. We'll get to that in just a second. Now, you can check out the Population Research Institute. They have some great information on the side effects for vasectomies for men. Now, this is important because what we do is when we take the design for the human person, the proper function of the body, and try to thwart, change, or manipulate it, there's a fallout. Kevin Haber is the author of If It Works, Don't Fix It, What Every Man Should Know Before Having a Vasectomy. It's a book that you can pick up. We'll post a link to that book on social media, actually. Um, we'll make sure we get that up. Patrick will post that for us. So here's the deal. Again, I mentioned earlier about one in three men experience some form of long-term post-vasectomy pain. Now, what's interesting is when a vasectomy occurs, men still produce sperm at a rate about, of about 500,000 cells per minute. So the question is, what happens to all of these sperm cells that are still being produced in high quantities but are not being released anywhere? Well, sperm cells build up pressure in the epididymis portion of the testicles, which eventually leads to a rupture from the pressure. Now, where does that go? Well, sperm naturally are quite active and have very strong enzymes that make them capable of doing such things such as penetrating the outer layer of the cell. Or if you didn't know this, fun fact, if a woman's been sleeping with multiple uh sexual partners, the sperm actually fight each other and try to kill each other off. They're actually a very, very, very potent, strong, and active cell. So what happens when vasectomies occur is that it actually leads the rupturing of the blood testy barrier. So the blood testy barrier is completely ruptured with a st very strong power through breaking through the tissue. So what happens is a man's immune system is not accustomed to active sperm inside his body. It's meant to be extracted or leave the body, leave the bloodstream, but instead these sperm are now in the bloodstream. So what happens is, is that the body kicks into an autoimmune response, kind of the way autoimmune disorders work. We understand that the body creates antibodies, rejecting whatever it's having an autoimmune reaction to. So what's happening in this case is the body's having an autoimmune reaction attacking, going after the sperm. So the body in a uh, traditional autoimmune response starts to reject itself. 
Medical doctor H.R. Roberts, who is a huge advocate and has been researching the issue of vasectomies for 25 years, says no other operation performed on humans ever approaches the degree and duration of multiple immunological responses that occur in the post-vasectomy state. He calls this the dirty little secret of the urology trade. And it's very, very common. But again, what man wants to talk about these problems in that area? And also, many men don't understand because people claim there are no side effects. And this is great because there are no consequences when it comes to sex inside of marriage, outside of marriage, infidelity, or whatever. They think that's the benefit of vasectomies. And don't get me wrong, I understand many people are lauding men right now who are going out and getting vasectomies. Instead of putting the pressure of seeking an abortion or the woman being the person who has to use birth control, the man's taking care of the job. Okay, you could argue that, but what I'm talking about is the medical fallout when we ignore the intended design for the human body and when men just rashly, such as the last couple weeks, are going out and obtaining vasectomies. Again, this goes against the Catholic Church's teaching, and I find it so fascinating time and time again that when we look at what the Catholic Church teaches, the Catholic Church is so human-centered and scientific. What the Church states long ago is confirmed in research and studies and the medical data. So let's talk for just a moment about the dirty little secrets of the urology trade when it comes to vasectomies. Again, I mentioned earlier that vasectomy reversals are far more common than the request for vasectomies themselves other than the last probably couple weeks as there's been a 900% increase in the number of vasectomies occurring. Diseases that set in and are common side effects of vasectomy include everything from prostate cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, ED, chronic testicular pain, chronic inflammation, epididymitis and prostatitis from pain, testicular cancer. There's also highly increased incidence of everything from infections, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, other forms of cancer, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, a ton of autoimmune disorders, everything from migraines, liver dysfunction, lymph node enlargement, adrenal gland malfunction, chronic inflammation and testicular pain, who wants that? I don't think any man would sign up for this if he actually knew. There's also circulation problems, lifelong autoimmune allergic reactions to foods. What man wants that? Liver dysfunction, loss of libido. Nobody wants that. Lupus, prostate cancer. I could go on and on. Increased risk of staph infection and kidney stones. Oh my goodness. My mom had kidney stones. I've known a number of people to have kidney stones. My mom said that kidney stones was far worse than childbirth. Gentlemen, you do not want kidney stones. This is the fallout of vasectomies. What happens when we ignore the human-centered and God-given design of the human person in our bodies? The fact that God created us as human beings to be made a gift to one another. This is the physiological material reality of male and female. That that union that was so clear when Adam and Eve first discovered each other in the garden, when Eve is created and Adam goes, ah, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He saw that physical complementarity revealed so much more in a spiritual complementarity of being a gift. See, marriage as we know in the Catholic understanding is ordered toward parenthood. 
Once you marry, you're called to procreate, that is to have children and to educate them. Why? Because this is a part of human flourishment for the married spouses of human excellent excellence. It's difficult. Having children changes you and grows you. In fact, I want to hear from more people. We're going to ask that question. Gentlemen, maybe at one point you didn't want to have children, but you changed your mind. Or maybe you don't want ha- to have kids now. I'd love to hear from you. one 914 The Catholic Church got it right. In the encyclical Humanae Vitae that came back out in the 60s, talking about birth control, it talked about responsible parenthood with using self-control. That is a virtue. It talked about how every sexual act was meant to be entered into unitively, that is for the good of the spouses and procreatively, open to human life. Vasectomies prevent both things from happening. It decreases pleasure, prevents the proper union from occurring, and it doesn't allow for new human life to occur. When we reject the gifts we are meant to make with our lives, that total self-sacrifice We implode on ourselves. And in the cases of vasectomies, this is literally what's happening. An implosion in the body causing all of this medical fallout that no one's talking about. This self-implosion from an attempted modification of the purpose of life rather than self-sacrifice that we're called to. I think of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 5 when he talks about how husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Gentlemen, this is the great mission you are called to. This is how you're meant to find a spouse. Who are you willing to die for? Who are you willing to give yourself totally for? This is what we need to foster in men today. We're going to talk about why it's good to be a dad, how to foster that in men today, that desire for fatherhood. And I want to hear from you, gentlemen. Maybe at some point you weren't interested in having children, but then your heart changed. Give me a call, 1-888-914-9149 or share now on social media. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm fascinated by this topic. Gentlemen, it's our weekly Gentleman's Hour. We're talking about the snip snip 900% increase in men seeking out vasectomies since the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the decision of abortion being returned to the states. I am really intrigued. If you have a story, please do share. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Gentlemen, if you didn't want children at some point and changed your mind, what changes your mind? I'm very curious. I've been hearing from people all day on social media. You can call me or post now on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever I'm there. Just follow me at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, and share your story. By the way, on the topic of not wanting children, but also the link to vasectomies, heard from two people who called in, weren't able to stay with us. Brian uh, from Sacramento said, I had a vasectomy and I know the damage that it does. 
He said, it may not be visible, but it affects your marriage. He said, I don't think many physicians know this and how it affects many men in terms of how they think about sex. He said, we got divorced and that it was, that is the vasectomy, was the start of the problems. See, what's interesting is that one in three men who have vasectomies have long-term pain and other medical fallouts from the vasectomy. But how many people have been negatively impacted in their marriages and relationships? From Wisconsin, Thomas also commented, saying that he too had a vasectomy at a very young age, and he also experienced tremendous emotional loss. He said he tried to repent. He felt like he had to do it at the time, but he said the whole thing was pretty horrific. You see, I am interested to hear your story. You didn't want kids at some point? Give me a call. What changed your mind about having children? Numbers 1-888-914-9149. Gary from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is on the phone now. Would love to hear your thoughts on why you didn't want to have children and what changed your mind. Hello, hello, Timory. Uh, I I did want to have children and... um, I didn't want, I was not expecting to have as many. I have six children and we do practice natural family planning. And, and certainly it's raising a family certainly is very rewarding and has its challenges as well. But I was calling more from the perspective to encourage people that, as you state, the church is right, that we do communicate about what, where my wife Leah is on her cycle, uh, so it helps to foster that communication. We work together, and it, it certainly has helped our marriage and also having the children and raising the faith. We certainly draw closer to God as a result from uh, having the children and also uh, practicing natural family planning and, and practicing our faith, going to church, praying as a family, praying the rosary. Excellent. So certainly, uh, and also, too, there's a community of people who uh, have larger families uh, near us, and mm-hmm. they homeschool, so everybody homes. Most right. of them so homeschool it's helpful their when children. it comes to family that, you know, you have these communities of people helping each other, complimenting one another. But you brought up something really important, Gary, and that is, you know, the role of natural family planning. In Humana Vitae, uh, the Pope calls, Pope Paul VI called for something to help families with family that respects the moral law, which in natural family planning, if there's a legitimate, serious, for grave reasons, reason to wait for a season, not permanently, for a season to have children or to engage in intimacy that is open to life, um, that you you wait uh, and, and by abstaining. That way you're still open to life, but you abstain during those periods of fertility for a woman, honoring the woman's body and honoring the natural law and always still being open to human life. I think that, you know, natural family planning is an absolute gift, but we have to be careful in how we use it and understanding it, it can be a 
gift for marriages, but also could be used in a way that people aren't open to life. If used permanently, as the Church in Humana Vitae calls, it could be used for a season, not indefinitely. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Uh, more calls coming in about vasectomies and why people didn't want kids would change their minds later. We're going to get to that in just a moment. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Joining me now is Todd Sylvester. Todd Sylvester is a Catholic radio host with Archangel Radio in Alabama and was a youth minister for 30 years and is also a father of 10 children. Now, I'm not saying you have to have 10 children in order to be pro-life or be pro-children, but I was intrigued to reach out to Todd Sylvester to talk about this whole idea of why being a father is a good thing, how it changes you as a man. Todd, welcome to Trending. Hey, Tim Marie, how are you? I'm doing great. Let's unpack this topic with an increase in the number of men seeking out vasectomies today and many men running from the idea of fatherhood. Why has fatherhood been such a gift for you? Well, I just think it's funny that we even are, are asking that question. I mean, it, it's such a natural thing for a man to desire to be a father. Even when way back when I was discerning priesthood, when I was in high school and early college days, the the biggest struggle for me was to be able to lay down that desire to have children. I mean, I that's why even asking the question like, oh, so is it good to be a father? Of course, Timory, it is fantastic to be a dad. I absolutely love being both a husband and a father. I mean, even when I was dating my wife, that was one of the first questions that I asked her was like, well, you know, thinking about family size, what are you thinking? And fortunately, she was like, I really want a big family. I'm like, well, praise God. That's that's where we were heading to. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, you say it's a great thing to be a dad. How has being a father changed you? It, when you think about the natural createdness of, of the man, we are supposed to be challenged. We are supposed to be warriors. We're supposed to be protectors. We're supposed to guide and lead. We're supposed to be teachers. These are all natural aspects. When God the Father is the perfect Father, and we're supposed to just be a small glimmer, a mirror image of God the Father. So think about that in the aspect of the role. I love being the protector of my family. I love being the one that is, is able to keep a roof over their heads. I love putting food on the table. I love having clothes on their back. I love fixing their cars. I mean, all of that is wrapped up in the understanding of what the essence of being a father is. It, it fulfills a man. It absolutely fulfills them. At the end of the day, when everybody's asleep, and, and the house is quiet and you just walk quietly through the home and you're looking around, you feel utterly fulfilled in being a dad. Does that make sense, Timory? Absolutely. I would like you to discuss that uh, kind of a definition that many people will ask the question, are people who have children happier? And many people will say it's not necessarily that you'd argue the emotional sense of happiness that people experience, but what people say who have children is that they're more fulfilled. So can you talk a little bit of what that means to be fulfilled and being a father while still experiencing the woes and the joys of fatherhood? Yeah, but it, it's all part of fulfilling the vocation. Like I had a conversation with somebody fairly recently where they said, 
well, it must be great, Todd, having all these kids, because when you get older, you'll have you'll have somebody to take care of. And I stopped him right there. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You got to understand why I had the children. I, Timory, did not have these kids for me. I had the children, not only understanding that this is what God was calling me to, but so that they would have each other. So, so when I'm gone, they will have each other. That, that sense of community, that sense of communion. Like when my oldest daughter first bought her, her first house, all she had to do was send a family text, hey, I'm moving in on Saturday. And then the trucks and trailers just all showed up because the family that's what you do. I mean, do you get it, Timory? Right. Yeah. No, that, that community, that friendship, that love that occurs between siblings that, you know, if you have siblings, you know what it is. And I've seen, especially people who are single children or maybe are blended families and don't have biological siblings. So they haven't had maybe that same connection. I remember countless times when my siblings have come to visit me ever since I moved out um, of my parents' home, the significance that people wouldn't realize when they see one of my sisters and I together oh my goodness are you sisters and they would be so excited and they'd be asking mm. you what's it like to have a sibling so it's interesting that you bring that up and the connection to being a father and how that fulfills you is the gift of siblings that you're giving to your children as well it's also part of the essence of, of the identity of who i am you know it, it, we, we have to understand as a husband and, and especially as a father i, I tell especially dads, our children tell the world who we are. Our children tell the world who we are. So when I look at my family photo, and I sent you that by email, the latest yes, one was when my, you know, when my daughter got married, that's the background on my computer. And I have to admit, it, there is that sense of pride, but I, I look at it and I'm just in awe. I'm in awe of the beauty you know, because this is I'm trying to make the world a better place by being a dad. Just recently, I was given a talk and I, I turned to my 16 year old daughter and I said, sweetheart, on Saturday mornings when I don't have a radio show, how do I wake you up in the morning? And she goes, oh, well, you kind of you stir me, you kiss my forehead and you say, honey, you got to get up because the world needs your beauty. And a bunch of, especially the girls in the group, just burst into tears, Timory, because they just are not being affirmed, and I, unfortunately, possibly by their dads themselves, in understanding this is our role. This is our role as dads, is making sure that we're making the world a better place with our very family. Does that make sense, Timory? Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges of fatherhood. I think that this is what many people fear, whether it be having had a father who maybe they themselves, they don't want to emulate, they don't want to be like, or, or just the fear of raising a child in today's world. Let's talk about the first one, and that is the fear of being a father, like a bad father they themselves might have had. Well, regardless of, of the dads that you've had, you can break any chain. Like, it's uh, interesting. My dad just recently passed away a couple weeks ago, and it, he and I had a great relationship after I turned 19 because I came to understand that he was giving me everything that he had. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it was everything that he had. 
So I looked at his life and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the good stuff. My dad was a faith, faithful guy. My dad was great with finances. My dad, you know, his yes was yes. His no was no. I'm going to take that stuff. Now he wasn't the most loving. He wasn't the most tender, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fill in that when it comes to my own children. I, I, I'm going to affirm them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to be tactile and, and you can do that. So regardless of the, of the situation that you came from, you can be the father that you feel called to be. Now, the anxiety about being a dad, that's just real, Timory. I, I mean, it's real. Like there, I remember one of my daughters, she had this older car and she used to come to the house and she'd be here for dinner and then she'd stay kind of late. And she said, well, I'm going to drive home. And, and it was like a 40 minute drive. And I was nervous because she had an old car and I'm like, oh, I, I don't want that thing to break down. And, and so there's going to be anxieties about things. You know, when my kids go off to college, I'm like, well, good luck. I, I don't have any money. So I love you. So there's, there's those natural anxieties that you may have concerning those things. But when you look at the benefit that you're getting, I mean, you're bringing an eternal soul into the world. So yeah, there's going to be some hardships. There's, there's going to be early on, like somebody asked me one time, Todd, you got 10 kids. How many diapers have you changed? <laughs> I don't remember. Timory, I don't remember. It, those, those kinds of things, they kind of go, you don't really remember them. Like I'm, I'm going through some old photos and you remember the, the wonderful times. You remember the beautiful times. And, and so it, it's the natural anxieties don't let that keep you from bringing another soul into eternity. Are you with me, Timory? Absolutely. I've been looking at many of the responses on social media because I asked this question, and I think it's a very important question right now. Uh, for men who maybe at some point didn't want to have children, what changed your mind about having kids? And it's been interesting to follow the responses. One of the most common responses I've seen on social media had to do with broken home experiences of not be wanting to be like their own father. One man shared on Instagram, he said, I realize that my issues against being a parent were based on the failure and abuse experienced from my own father. And when I realized that, suddenly my attitude shifted. And this was a response of many people. And so I think part of what you shared was so important of being able to break the chain of whatever circumstances you come from. Uh, broken homes, an absentee father, a father who may be betrayed or abandoned. We're going to come back discussing how to foster the desire to be a father in men today. Maybe you have a story about how you were scared to be a parent and changed your mind. The number's 1-888-914-9149. Or you can share now on Instagram. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
Today we're talking about the medical fallout of vasectomies. If you missed it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Listen later, relevantradio.com forward slash trending. Wherever you catch your podcast, we are there. We're unpacking the fallout step-by-step medically of the dirty secret of the urologist community. Did you know that vasectomy reversals are far more common than vasectomies? There's been a massive increase in vasectomies over the last couple of weeks with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, but what's the truth about vasectomies? Not a lot of people know. Tomorrow we're going to talk about birth control and its impact on women and how birth control was put on the market for use before it was ever proven to be safe. We'll talk about the medical fallout with numerous chronic and even deadly ways women's health have been impacted. So stay with me. We'll be joined by the author of In the Name of the Pill. You do not want to miss this. Joining me now is Todd Sylvester. Todd Sylvester is a radio host. He's a father of 10 and he has been a youth minister for nearly over 30 years. We've, we're going to talk about how to foster a desire to be a father in men today. But we have a call coming in from Emmanuel in New Jersey. Emmanuel, welcome to Trending. What's your question or comment for us today? So how are you doing, Timory? So I got three kids. I mean, uh, and I think like, you know, the world we're living in is crazy. Like, for example, when Roe vs. Wade got overturned, like, I thought everybody was going to be driving around beeping like, hey, life, life. And instead, it was like the total opposite. Everybody was super mad. So my question is, like, what's the difference between abortion and a vasectomy? Oh, great question. Well, the difference between abortion and a vasectomy is abortion kills a human being. That is a baby. It is absolutely one of the gravest sins you can commit. It's murder. Uh, A vasectomy, great question, because I think many people are looking around, maybe at the world today, or a fear of being a parent, or want sex without consequences. They're saying, hey, a vasectomy sounds great. Doesn't lead to an abortion, like you're probably thinking. In a vasectomy... Also, you know, no strings attached. It doesn't put pressure on the woman. And the difference between, the thing is, is that a vasectomy being totally different, I talked about the medical fallout. And if you missed that part of the podcast, it's a dirty little secret of the urologist community. I hope you'll listen the medical fallout. The bottom line is, is that sperm still is developed at a rate of over 50,000 cells per minute in the body. That has to go somewhere. It doesn't stop developing. And so it's causing all these autoimmune and many health issues, including cancer and infections and pain for men. At least one in three men experience long-term pain. And so it's bad for men's body. But as many people have been sharing their stories today on Trending, it damaged their marriage. That vasectomy changed the way they looked at their spouse, the way they looked at intimacy. And so what we're talking about is the Catholic Church, Emmanuel, gets it right when it comes to saying birth control vasectomies that are morally wrong. Yes, they don't kill a baby like abortion does. But they're morally wrong because it damages physically the body and spiritually and morally the interpersonal interactions between the two spouses. Does that make sense? The question wrong. It was more, but you did still answer it. I was 
between vasectomy and birth control was the, the question, not between vasectomy and abortion. I'm sorry. Great question. We're going to unpack birth control tomorrow. So a vasectomy could be viewed as a form of birth control because it's preventing babies from occurring. Birth control is usually used hormonally. Um, so it's a hormonal makeup. The two main ingredients in birth control are estrogen and progesterone, which are group one carcinogens. That is cancer-causing agents. So it's leading to everything from blood clotting and all these health issues. A birth control can function in two ways. Birth control can prevent sperm and egg from ever meeting in multiple ways. That's a whole nother topic. Um, but then it can also function as an abortifacient, causing an abortion in the earliest stages of pregnancy. A lot of people like to deny that, but that's just how it works, chemically causing a very, very early abortion. A vasectomy, how a vasectomy works is it basically cuts off the capacity for the sperm to leave the man's body. And so that's the easiest way without getting into all the technical jargon. So the sperm is still developing and occurring in the man's body, but it has nowhere to go. And so that's why we're seeing this implosion. What's interesting is that cancer is part of the fallout for women when they take birth control. Well, cancer is part of the fallout for men who are going through with vasectomies. Great question, Manuel. I pray for you. Thank you for the gift of being open to life and having your children. If you have more questions on vasectomies, I highly recommend you listen to the full podcast of today's show where we explain the medical fallout of vasectomies and why all these health issues are occurring. At least one in three men who have a vasectomy have massive medical fallout of long-term pain and side effects. That's not even including the other interpersonal impacts that it has. Todd Sylvester again is joining me here on Trending. Todd, you have 10 children. You've worked in youth ministry for 10 years. One of the challenges that we're facing in our culture today is how to foster and speak to building a desire in men to have children. How do you do that? The first thing that we should do is, is, is set the example I mean, it, it should be something where you enjoy being a dad and you have to show that to the world. Like my oldest son, whose birthday actually is tomorrow, has four children. And he, he, they were rapid fire. You know, <laughs> it's, they were very close together. And some people were like, wow, what, that, that's a lot of kids in a very short period of time. And he was like, yeah, it wasn't exactly our plan, but obviously it was God's plan. And that, I think, is really where we need to set our focus, Timory, is what does God want in this family? Like, we, we did not set out. My wife and I didn't have a number in our head. We didn't say, oh, we want 10 kids. We just knew we definitely wanted the first child, and then we definitely wanted the second child, and then so forth all the way through until quite honestly, it just happened where we got, we aged out and we couldn't have any more kids. So when you talk about vasectomies and birth control and all this other stuff, I'm like, we, we never had to deal with any of that stuff. We, we just said, Lord, whatever family size you want for us, because we're trying to make the world a better place. And we absolutely love our children and we love our family and we love getting together and gathering we recently were at a vacation Bible school and this woman who I'd never seen before in our parish, she comes up to my wife and I, and now, I mean, we only have like what, four kids at home, maybe five actually. Um, but she comes up to us and she goes, I just want to tell you, your family is so amazing. We're so grateful to have you in our parish. 
uh, Timory. I didn't even know her name. And I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know what we're doing. We're just here at Vacation Bible School like everybody else. But we're trying to witness to the world that love, that joy. Does, do, you, do you get what I'm saying, Timory? Absolutely. If you were to talk, Todd, to a 25-year-old man today in just you know a quick sentence who doesn't want to have children, what's that one sentence, that one liner that you would say to him? Picture yourself 25 years from now. When you're 50, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your family to look like? What legacy do you want to leave behind? How is it that you can make the world a better place? That's Todd Sylvester, father of 10. We're talking about why to be open to life. Why to be open to being a father even when you're afraid. You can find Todd Sylvester at toddsylvester.com. We'll post a link in the podcast notes for today's show. Tomorrow we'll talk about the fallout of birth control. It was put on the market before it was ever proven safe. I'll explain this experiment in the chronic and deadly ways it's impacting women's health and why it shouldn't be a so-called solution to abortion. This is Tim Ray from Trending with Tim Ray. This week we talked about the fallout of vasectomies and the impact on men. By the way, it's terrible. But I want to talk later this week, that is Thursday, about the pill. How the pill is linked to so many ailments from breast cancer, lupus, thyroid disease, blood clots, infertility, diabetes, suicidality. We can get into the full list. So join me Thursday for our weekly marriage hour, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.